son and daughter of the soil. God Jordan and Lenora Jordan. We come to give God praise to lift up his holy name. Because he said in his word, if he be lifted up, we will draw our souls unto him. So here we are to lift up his holy name. That souls be saved. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the king. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the king. Let the Lord be praised. I praise his holy name. Keep my feet, Lord. I will praise you all of my days. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the King. I come to you, dear Lord. I need your help today. I don't want to look back. I don't want to look back. I don't want to fall away. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to the King.
So it's a great day being here again. I thank God for giving me the strength for actually being here again. And uh, we continue from what has started last week. And today I want to expand on God's word is forever settled in heaven. But God gives mankind the option to settle or to reject them on planet Earth. So all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version. And um, I'm about to, to start. So brethren, the fact that God's word is forever settled in heaven, it secures scriptural authentication from the following verses. And that verse is taken from Psalm 119, verse 89, which states, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So this verse that I just read from Psalm 119, verse 89, is confirmed by the prophet Isaiah with the following verse. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And that was taken from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 to 8, 6 and 8. Now, if indeed God's word is forever settled in heaven, as Psalm 119 verse 89 states, and shall stand forever, as Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 confirms, the question that I am asking today is this. Why are we witnessing so much turmoil and environmental degradation in our world today? Is it because God has ordained it to be so? Now that is my question that I am asking. So as I continue... As strange as it may seem to some, and as unbelievable as it may seem to others, the following reasons are nevertheless true. So brethren, when God created Adam, he gave him and his descendants dominion rights over planet Earth which we all read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. So, this fact can be biblically authenticated by reading the following excerpts, which is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14, and it states, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens are the Lord's thy God, the earth also, with all that therein is. So that is Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Now, while we appreciate the fact that the entire universe belongs to God, 
as the above scripture that I just read shows, we are also aware of the following, which is taken from Psalm 115, verse 16, which states, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth had he given to the children of men. Now, in addition to having given dominion rights over the earth to the children of men, God has also given finite man sovereignty over his own will. So, one might ask what I just said, what it means. So, this is what it means. Man can choose to obey God, or if he so wishes, he can disobey him. However, to assist mankind in making the right choice instead of the wrong one, which may ultimately destroy him, God lovingly informed Adam concerning what he should eat and that which he should never eat, which we all read in Genesis chapter 2 verses 16 to 17. Now, not only did God inform Adam concerning that which he should not eat, God went out of his way, as it were, to spell out in detail the consequence of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For confirmation, read Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. Now, notwithstanding the fact that Adam's dominion rights empowered him to drive the serpent out of the garden, as Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 shows, in addition to the fact that God personally warned him of the danger of eating from that one tree, Adam failed in the following areas. So point one. Firstly, he failed to stop the serpent from entering the Garden of Eden as Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 instructed him to do. So I want persons to note, the serpent belonged to the field, not the garden. Point two, Adam stood silently and allowed the serpent to dialogue with his wife in his presence and never once intervened, even when he knew that the serpent was lying and that his wife was being deceived. So brethren, for confirmation, please read for yourselves Numbers chapter 30 verses 6 to 8, verses 10 to 13, verse 15, and you will understand why God blamed Adam alone for the entry of sin and death into planet Earth, as can be gleaned from Romans chapter 5, verse 12, verses 17 to 19. And the third reason since he did not stop the serpent from entering his home, nor did he prevent his wife when he heard her heretic discourse with the devil, 
he subsequently lost the will to refuse the fruit from Eve and therefore ate it when she offered it to him. So brethren, what are the lessons to be learned here? They are simply this. One, give no place to the devil. And two, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So based on the episode in the Garden of Eden, we know that it is doctrinally wrong to believe that nothing can happen to the child of God except God allows it. And this heretical dogma is disproved by the following New Testament text, which is taken in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in, or you can say imposed upon, your brethren that are in the world. So that was taken from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. And from Apostle James, a praying saint, we have this clear, relevant teaching, which is taken from James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. And it states, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. In other words, God allowed this temptation. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. Verse 14 states, But, if, but every man is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Verse 15, Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, meaning accomplished, it bringeth forth death. That is James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. And the said apostle gave us this following relevant admonition. James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, which states, Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace, meaning divine enablement, to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That is James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. And from the apostle to the Gentiles, we have this very serious warning. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? To sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So 
Why can't we continue in sin and still expect grace to abound? That's the question. So the answer to that question is, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, which is taken from Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, verse 16 and 23. So please read. Moreover, we are admonished accordingly by the following verse. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. So the question some persons might ask, why? And the answer is, which is in verse 13, for if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So that's Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 13. And finally, we have this confirmation from the epistle to the Ephesians, which is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, which states, Neither give place to the devil. So from the scriptures that I just read, we know that God is not responsible for your sinning, so stop blaming him. And like in the Garden of Eden, in which he gave Adam guidelines, we have been given even more guidelines and warnings than Adam. So start taking responsibility for your deportment and stop blaming God when you sin. For every crime, there is a fine. And for spiritual death, there is a built-in sting. And we all know from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, that the sting of death is sin. So, since God's word is forever settled in heaven, wisdom demands that we acknowledge his loving kindness towards us and submit ourselves to his dictates and to the best of our ability. Amen. Or agree with whatsoever he says. And like our oldest mentor, Enoch, walk with him as we heed the following admonitions through thy precepts i get understanding therefore i hate every false way that is taken from psalm 119 verse 104 therefore i esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and i hate every false way that is Psalm 119, verse 128. And should anyone request that I tender another example of a man who experienced real trials and yet overcame, that man would be Job, of whom it was twice recorded that he was a perfect and upright man who feared God and hated evil even when faced with the worst trials that the devil could have caused any mortal to endure so please read job chapter 1 verse 1 chapter 2 and chapter 3 brethren please take note 
that since Job was a perfect and upright man who feared God and hated evil, that as a result of his standing before God, the devil could not have breached his divinely protective hedge without permission from God. Read Job chapter 1, verse 1, 6 to 12, chapter 2, and verse 2 to 7. So unlike Job, when a child of God deliberately violates the clear teaching of the new covenant and gives place to the devil, the devil does not have to obtain God's permission to afflict or even to kill you since you rebelliously broke your hedge. So by doing so, you automatically gave the devil the right to score in your open goal. And should you think that I am too conservative, read the following scriptures and observe that the doctrinal position stated today, today secures biblical authentication in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 31, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 48, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 17, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 22, Romans chapter 2, verse 3 to 6, verse 8 to 9, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, verse 15 to 16, and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. And these are some of the texts that can be cited in support of my doctrinal position. For I have not quoted any text from the book of Revelation which supports what I just said pertaining to the doctrinal position. So brethren, since God's word is forever settled in heaven and shall stand forever, once mankind uses its God-given free will and rebelliously choose to disobey God's dictates, there is no one in this universe besides our Lord Jesus Christ that can prevent the divinely ordained retributive consequences that their rebellion would incite from taking effect. On the other hand, if sinful man would only acknowledge that he is a lost sinner, as stated in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and that his only hope of escaping the fires of Gehenna for his deeds done to his body would be for him to repent and accept God's love gift, even Jesus Christ, by believing in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and by confessing with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, he should wholeheartedly grasp this God-given opportunity and so become a child of God and escape a hell-bound destiny. So brethren, God has proposed for humanity's redemption and restoration. And since God's word is forever settled in heaven, there can never ever be any other means of saving humanity 
from a hell-bound eternity. And for those who claim that education is the solution for humanity's problem, just consider this fact that the greatest advocates of abominable practices are the educated lots. For education is but one peg of the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The other pegs of the fruit are Satan-induced corruption, perversion, and violence. And the juice is rebellion against one's creator. That is why God warned Adam against eating from that tree. For whatsoever good that there may be in it, the evil far outweighs the good that one may derive from that tree. So as I close, brethren, what humanity needs is to eat from the tree of life, whose fruit produces eternal life in the eater, and humility and obedience to one's creator on the other hand. While it produces respect, kindness, and love towards one brothers and sisters, on the other hand. And since God's word is forever settled in heaven, there is no way that rebellious man can circumvent what was just stated today. God revealed doctrinal position that can never happen. So that's the end of my segment today. And as I leave, please prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return because he will be returning soon. Spend time in the word. The scriptures are there for you to read and please read your Bibles. Jesus Christ loves you. I love you and do have a safe and productive week.